This podcast is brought to you by Spotify for Podcasters. Have you yourself ever wanted to become a podcaster? Well, Spotify makes it simple and easy to do so. You can record, edit, and even distribute your podcast straight from their app. The best part? It is absolutely 100% free. Visit their website, podcasters.spotify.com, for more details and download the app on your Apple or Android devices today to get started on your podcasting adventure. That's Spotify for Podcasters. What's going on guys, Travis Fowler Harkrider here back with another interview and I have the pleasure of interviewing somebody that I actually watched at my very first independent wrestling show ever and I thought he was extremely talented then. He's gone on to show just how talented he is all around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm speaking with New Japan Pro Wrestling strong star and a member of the Stray Dogs, none other than 50 caliber Barrett Brown. Barrett, thank you so much for taking some time today, man. I hey, appreciate thank you, it. Man. Yeah, no, it's my pleasure. I, uh, I'm kind of jealous of those pants you got on, man. Those, oh, man. Some stylish HBK pants you got going on. Hey, you know, it was, it was, it's WrestleMania Saturday night, so we're filming this on WrestleMania Saturday, so April oh, yeah. 1st. And yeah, I was like, I'm gonna break out some mania pants today. Oh, you look great, man. No, I love it. I love it. And I didn't, man, I didn't, I didn't realize that I was on. That the first show that you ever watched for independent wrestling. That's awesome. Yeah, actually, it was the uh, the very first WFC show I ever attended was my first, um, I guess I should say my first working show. Okay, gotcha. Um, and that was the commentary debut for me and being with CM Burnham that night. And um, we called you and Aaron Anders, actually. Oh, were the wow. first okay. match. December 2016 was the first time I watched you. Wow, man, that's crazy. And then, like, yeah. I've, I can't believe I've actually been in wrestling for... Now I think six years is what I hit, and you've been doing it what over a decade now. Yeah, you? I uh, I hit thirteen years this uh, this January. Wow, um, yeah, it's crazy, man. Because I started when I was fifteen years old, mm -hmm. uh, just small town in Texas. I was trained just like in the backyard of a guy that graduated with my mom, and uh, he happened to be a local like a local hero wrestler in the area. Mm -hmm. And just as a surprise, my parents paid for training, and I was just a little fifteen-year-old kid with a dream and. I just, you know, I think that he really, the mindset in my, in my head for him was kind of like, okay, I'm going to, you know, take this kid's parents' money and beat him up a little bit to him on his way. But I kept showing back up to a point where he was like, shoot, he actually cares about this. Like, he actually wants it. So I'll actually, you know, take him to shows and started traveling around Texas. But it really wasn't until, like, you know, I turned 18 whenever I could get, like, a wrestling license legally and travel when it was, you know, things really started taking off. Awesome. I love hearing stuff like that. You yeah. actually took the first question I had was because oh, I don't yeah. think you and I have actually ever sat down and had a lot of conversations about your start in right. wrestling. We've always just, anytime I've seen you, you've always been awesome to just approach and BS about anything going on. And I remember saying to you on one of the shows I saw you and I just had a feeling that something big was happening just because I saw so much star power with you with just your moveset and how you handled yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's awesome to hear just roots of that. So you said you started about 13 years ago. Right. And I thought I saw it one time. You had gotten to a point in your career where maybe wrestling wasn't for you. How long did it take, I guess, to go from having that dream to then thinking that maybe this wasn't something you were going to do? Right, man. So 
it was about six years in. Um, it just hit a point where, you know, I did some cool things and then like some of those cool things kind of fizzled out. And in 2016, there was a point in time where I just, I was like, man, I'm just in this rut. I'm just doing my thing. I'm spinning my wheels and just things weren't really progressing for me at the time. And I thought, you know, like if the things that I've done, cause I did TV at the time, you know, I'd done some cool things, mm -hmm. but I was like, you know, if this isn't for me, like I'm still young, I can step out and find something else. But when I really started to doubt it, it was maybe a week later that I got my first email to go do extra talent for WWE. Oh, wow. And that led to the Braun Strowman match. And then I was like, okay, I get it. There's a sign. Like maybe I'm not done. Right. You know, right. And, but the funny thing is when the pandemic hit, I, uh, you know, wrestling obviously was put on hold for everybody at the right, time. Right, right. And again, that, that thought creeped in, but really what drove it in was when Killer Tim Brooks, who, Killer Tim Brooks, I consider my true first mentor because he really taught me, not that Cody Cunningham, not that he didn't, you know, start me out, but Cody was like the grassroots, but Killer Tim Brooks really instilled the fundamentals of this business into my head. Like, if New Japan built the tower, mm -hmm. it's on the foundation of Killer Tim Brooks. Gotcha. So Killer Tim Brooks really taught me the foundation of this business. And it was when the pandemic was ongoing and wrestling was paused, he passed away. And just for some reason, and that real like it, it really affected me big. Like mm -hmm. just because and one reason was he always told me, he always kept asking me, you know, kid, have you have you been to Japan yet? He knew that was my dream. Mm -hmm. And I so badly wanted to tell him, like, Killer, I did it, you know, before he passed. Right. But I didn't get to do that. And it affected me so much that I, I had to go sit on my couch and just have, like, a 30-minute talk and just be like, look, I need a sign. Like, if I need to stop working in the ring and mm -hmm. focus on being a trainer, and if that's how I give back to this business, then that's what I'll do. But I, I just need a sign. Right. I kid you not, two hours later... Rocky Romero called me to go work at New Japan Strong. Oh, wow. That, right. That's a crazy timing. Yeah, nuts. I, I tell you what, before, I know we kind of jumped around a little bit right. here, so I kind of want to go back a little bit yeah. and start at the beginning, like cool. you were talking about with your training. Yeah. How, you said you got involved with this on a lot of the old school mentality yeah. that I've seen where you have guys that are training guys, right. but more so as it's always been heard that they beat you out of training, essentially, right. that they exhaust <laughs> you. So you said you kept coming back. Where did you start your training process? Who was your first trainer? And what made you just keep coming back and taking the quote-unquote abuse? So my first trainer, uh, his name is Cody Cunningham. He used to wrestle under the name Cody Knight. He was kind of just like a local hero wrestler. Um, and it wasn't so much, you know, that he was like beating me up or like just trying to take my parents' money, but he wanted to see like where my mentality was where my phys where like, you know, my physical aspect was mm -hmm. and how much I actually cared about it because when he would bring guys out, you know, we would, whenever he really trusted me and we started to form a bond, we would test guys, you know, because we didn't want guys that didn't really care about this and right. involved with us. You know, if we wanted to break somebody in, we wanted to know that they cared. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he put me through that same process. I'm glad that he did because, you know, opened my eyes to what I should have expected later on. And, you know, going from like him to Killer Tim Brooks, like Killer's rough, you know, Killer Tim Brooks, he's, he was hardcore. He was a hardcore trainer, but he was one of the best trainers I've ever had because of that. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
Well, there are a lot of aspects to it, like a lot of the little minor details that really no one understands. Right. But um, that was what Killer really opened my eyes up to, was to the finer aspects of the business. Oh, that's great so, to hear. I'm, and I'm glad yeah. you've got that kind of mentorship that kept you in this business. Right. You know, that's it. I've seen, like I said, seen your talent since 2016. And it's awesome to see how you've flourished since then. Um, let's go back to around that time frame that you yeah. started getting things that were really clicking for you. Yeah. Did you start feeling like your purpose was more than like you were saying, potentially just being a trainer and you felt something different was in the air once you obviously got that call. Yeah. But where did you think the turning point was? Was it when you had that conversation with yourself of sticking with it? Was that the realization or was there another thing that followed that where it was like, no, I definitely know I need to keep going. So there, I think like there have been milestones in my career where like things have like kind of progressed me and my mentality. Um, so that that conversation and that phone call definitely was one of them. And obviously we're working for New Japan, working some of the best in the world. Like that kept me on the right track. But I would say if I had to say recently, uh, the match that I had in, I mean, shoot, man. It's going to be a year to the day in two days. I can't believe it. I know which one you're talking but about. But when I wrestled Minoru Suzuki. Unbelievable. It, absolutely. Like, it, to this day, the best match I've ever had. And I don't know. I, I usually get nervous for matches. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, tonight, when this airs, is April 1st. I'm wrestling Alex Royal tonight. Phenomenal talent. More people should know Alex Royal. So shout out Alex Royal for being a phenomenal unknown athlete. You're, you're great, man. You're going to learn about Alex Royal yeah, in the future, I promise. 100%. Um, but I usually get nervous. Like right now, I'm, I'm nervous, but the nerves mean that you care. Right. With Suzuki, it transcended that. It, I, it was an odd stillness mm -hmm. in the air. And and I don't want to like, you know, pull back the curtain too much, but that day, Suzuki and I had our own dressing room. Mm -hmm. I spent three hours alone with Minoru Suzuki that night. And just to learn about the man behind the aura of Minoru Suzuki mm -hmm. and then to wrestle that man and hold yeah. my own and to prove to a lot of people like how far I'd come like you know people that had seen me from the beginning mm -hmm. that had seen me now you know like this this bald-headed 15 year old kid that was just with a dream now this grown man that's actually standing toe-to-toe -to -toe with the grim reaper of professional wrestling right and to prove my worth and then to hear Suzuki-san say after the match I very much enjoy that match. Thank you. You are very good. Oh, that, that was like, for me, at that point, I was like, if I had to, for some reason, stop tomorrow, I'd be happy just because of that conversation. I know you actually sent that match to me personally because I was down in Dallas right. last year, but I had to drive back. Oh. And I remember shooting you the message being like, dude, I can't believe you're actually taking on Suzuki in this one. <laughs> right. And then I, I remember saying, God, I wish I could see that. And then the next thing I know, I think the next day you shot me the match. And I was like, get the F out. That's yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. And it was awesome to watch the match. So before we talk about what you've been up to and what's going to happen going forward, yeah. talk about how going to New Japan has really changed, if any, your outlook on wrestling and maybe even... I don't want to use the phrase strong style because I think it's under, right. I think it's overused. But has it changed your game at all? Do you feel more adapted to that quote unquote strong style? Or do you think you've just added more to a style that you were trying to do of your own? I think it's it's a weird mix of both, just because again, you know, I built that foundation that I never want to get rid of. But 
the tower that is built upon it, I feel like I've added more stories to that tower in a mm -hmm. way, just because, you know, I've learned so many finer, intricate details about the way strong style is supposed to be done. And I feel like there's, there, there's kind of a misconception about strong style in a lot of places, like a lot of the states, they think, you know, like you have to actually try to knock your opponent out. And it's not like, that's not all it is. And, you know, you, you'll see me a lot of the time, like showing my emotion, my facials, my intensity, like, fighting spirit and the strong style is more about the final de the finer details between what you do and showing that fighting spirit and finding the way to own those moments where that's how you connect with the people mm -hmm. because for me you know the difference between like you know let's say mma right. or boxing for example you go to mma or boxing to watch a complete knockout mm -hmm. but you come to professional wrestling to feel something mm -hmm. like and for me for me it's mm -hmm. like if I can create a moment that these people will feel, then that's what it means. That's what it means the most to me because I, you know, I can watch a match back. Like let's say Undertaker CM Punk from from WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. I don't remember any of the match, but what I do remember is CM Punk having an ending kind of vice on Undertaker and him sitting up and looking at it. Yes, I, and it was a sit up, dude. He did a sit up, and that's what I remember. Mm -hmm. But it, that was a moment that I was like, oh. It just like, you know, it's just about those moments. And I feel like that strong style fighting spirit, that's more of what that's about. It's about evoking that emotion to work to a point where they can feel it. Mm -hmm. And just working with those guys who not only want to improve, but want everyone else to improve so that the overall product is better. Mm -hmm. Just being around those guys has made me tremendously better. I, I honestly, I can't disagree with anything you said. That I've been doing a little bit of training myself. Yeah. And something that I've learned from it is that it is more about wrestling was supposed to invoke an emotion out right. of you as opposed to doing move for move for move without real meaning behind it. Right. And I, and I love learning the intricacies about that. Cause that's right. like you said, the little details that people maybe aren't aware of. Yeah. Um, so I'm not gonna keep too much more of your time. You've been doing a great favor to me just sitting down and talking. Oh, no, no, um, so we'll kind of start wrapping things up just a little okay. bit here. Um, obviously you're still doing stuff with new Japan. Right. Can you tell us if there's anything else in the works, maybe? Are you maybe looking at other places to go and accomplish things at? Or do you think you're going to stick with New Japan and do the NJPW strong for a little while longer and just really develop a footing there like you've already done with the Stray Dogs? I mean, I'll be honest, you know, it's kind of day by day for me. Um, mm -hmm. I love what myself and the Stray Dog Army are doing at Strong. I love Bateman and Mysterioso. Um it's kind of like day by day. I know that, you know, the format of Strong has kind of changed to mm -hmm. more of a big American show format, which uses most of like the sign guys, which technically myself, I'm on verbal agreement, not so much like on paper contracted. So sure. I haven't been there in a while, but I did have a conversation recently with somebody from the office. Um, I may be back very soon. Awesome. Um, I know that previously it was mentioned that there is a possible trip to Japan that could happen sometime soon. I'm hopeful for that. I don't want to, you know, I want to knock on wood before, oh, yeah, anything, before I jinx anything. But, uh, <laughs> but obviously I want to, if I'm going to go to Japan to wrestle, mm -hmm. I would prefer to do it under the new Japan banner. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, I made a, a recent Facebook post, like my goals are to go to Japan to wrestle. I want to wrestle in Corican Hall. And I want to get that dadgum Red Ribera Steakhouse jacket, man. Like, <laughs> I want it so bad. But, I mean, you know, like, ultimate dream would obviously be Tokyo Dome Wrestle Kingdom. Gotcha. Like, let's go. Like, that and the 
IWGP junior heavyweight, mm-hmm. obviously two dream goals. But if I could go to Japan and wrestle in Kurikin, I'd be so happy to do that. And hopefully, fingers crossed, that could happen maybe this year. We'll see what happens. I, I so, hope nothing but the best. Two more questions and we'll let yeah, you you're go. Good, man. Um, first up, tell everybody, and it's not, I guess, more so of a question, but where are you going to be? Tell people where they can find you social media-wise, event-wise coming up. Put yeah. yourself over, as they like to say. Right, I'm right. more so of just tell them where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on Facebook a lot. So uh, Barrett Brown, B-A-R-R-E-T-T uh, Brown. You can find me there. I put a lot of my events on my Facebook page. Uh, my Twitter at TCO underscore Barrett B and my Instagram at TCO Barrett B. Um, also my website, www.barrettbrownpro.com. You can find all my social media handles on there as well. And uh, all my events are listed there as well because usually I cannot keep up in my own head with what what, what events I have coming up just because there are so many. <laughs> I know, though, that next weekend I have an off weekend. And I'm kind of excited because my body's worn out. Oh, man. I, 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 well, I mean, and that goes in line, you know, with whenever I take a booking. It doesn't matter to me, like, how many people are in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Whoever did pay, you know, they paid their hard-earned money to come watch us perform. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make sure they leave happy. Like, my goal every match is to make sure that just in my match alone that they get their money's worth. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm going to do tonight. Like, I don't care if two paying customers show up. Like, they're going to get a show tonight. I, so. I love I love that attitude. From where you were in 2016 to now, yeah. do you feel like you made the right choice sticking it out in wrestling? Have you felt that sense of accomplishment, that doubt no longer there for yourself? 100%. 100%. Because I think in 2016, the way that I wanted to feel and the way that I wanted people to perceive me as is how I am now. Because, like, for example, I, I didn't know he was going to do this. Alex Royal literally called me like a mythical being, a wrestling god for some reason as pro. And I was like, that's literally what I wanted to be viewed as in 2016. And it's like, I guess I made the right decisions. I think I would have to agree with so, that. Final question I ask everybody this in, in their interviews. What, and I don't mind if it's as a fan or even as a worker in Ooh, your case. Okay. What is your favorite wrestling memory? Oh my god. Okay. Um, so I'm going to kind of personal here. Okay. I'm not going to name who this was because I'll tell you off camera who it was because okay. you know him, um, but I won't say it on here. Um, I was messaged um, somewhat, it, it was maybe like a year and a half or a year ago. Um, by somebody who I wrestled actually for WFC. It was a WFC match. Um, I was sent a random voice message, and I never really communicated with this person outside of in person. So it was very out of left field for me. Mm-hmm. So I knew it must have been important. Um, it was a voice message that said basically, hey man, I just wanted to reach out to you. Um, I just wanted you to know um, that my father passed away um, earlier which already caught me off guard. Right. He said, but I wanted you to know that I spent all day with him yesterday and we watched wrestling and he picked a match of mine to watch and he picked the one of me and you and he told me that he really loved the match and he said, I just wanted to thank you for helping me make one more memory with my father before he passed away. Oh, wow. And dude, that's like, to me, that meant more than like winning a world title. That like, I, I couldn't like I had to take a second like to kind of cry a little bit. I was like, dude, that's I'm getting that, emotional even like, you tell me. You know, me that. that's that's why we do what we do. Like is again, it's the moments, but to make a moment like that, like unfathomable. Absolutely. So, oh, sorry, I completely no. I completely so, get that. Yeah. So 
One more from me, yeah. and this is not even a question, more so a statement. Okay. Thank you so much for doing this interview with Absolutely, me. Um, but more importantly, I saw you back in 2016, like I said, and thought that this guy is going to be a future star. And I still believe that to this day. And you've already shown how much of a star you are there. So as somebody who's gotten to see this genesis to a degree from 2016 to now, I can't be more proud to say that I know you and I've been so happy for every accomplishment that you had. And I can't even begin to thank you enough for just taking the time to sit down and talk with me for a little bit thank today. Thank you so much, man. It's been a pleasure. Always a pleasure. You, Guys, Barrett Brown here. Go follow him. Check him out. Check out New Japan Strong. It is an awesome show. And guys, as I always tell people, continue to love pro wrestling.